Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today Live. We're back. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Brew, do you remember the last time? By the way, I'm with Aaron Brewski. I'm Dan Baspris. Do you remember the last time we did a, a fun shirt Friday show? I think it's been two years. Yeah, I don't think I had a, a living child on the planet unless you count child and womb. I guess that you have to count child and womb, but I'm pretty sure it was before Skylar was born. So it's been more than two years. How old is my son? Yes, that's correct. Counting on you for that. That's, uh, wait, <laughs> September 2019 or October 2019? That's correct. September 2019. All right, there you go. So uh, late the 2018-2019 season, we probably were still doing these shows. Uh, and then 2019 happened, which, of course, ended early. Last year was never meant to go the whole way. And now this year, we are in it man uh it's uh, it's it's covid and it's coming in hot and we're gonna have to talk about it a little bit on today's show but of course this is this is live youtube chat room is happening i can see it over there on the side of my screen for those of you that are listening to the audio version later if you want to be a part of this we're going to be attempting to do this basically every friday through the season we're bringing it back Bruce's going to work on his camera i'm going to rotate through silly shirts which again you can't see if you're listening later on, but you can if you're watching. I am Dan Bespris. He is Aaron Bruski, the founder of Now Sports Ethos. And I feel like I have to reintroduce everybody to what we used to do on these shows. For those that don't remember, our Friday shows were, I assembled a list of something like five to ten, what I thought were kind of big ticket items that happened over the course of the previous six or seven days. I asked Brew about it. We laugh, we joke, we cry, and then we take questions from the chat room. So if you're in the chat room, feel free to drop some questions in. Many of you, I'm guessing, don't had never seen one of these live shows we did two and a half years ago. But you're in it now. The questions are starting to come. And before we take, before I dive into the very first big ticket item, Brew, it's good to be back with you on this thing, man. It's been too damn long. Yeah, tell me what that shirt says. All I see is D-A-R. Mm. T-O, and I, and I deprived you of your sip of water because I just yeah. went right into a question for you. Bowl. Oh, dare to bowl. Yeah. What's uh, a bowl? Somebody, somebody gave me this shirt uh, <laughs> in high school, and it was colossal on me then, and now it actually fits, which means, it's, I don't know, it's probably not great. Um, I'm not, uh, not as svelte what, as I what, was, man. What's going on over there? You, you packing on the pounds? Well, I don't know. I mean... So you've seen what my lunches are often like. They're not... No, I, but I, I don't see, but I hear through the grapevine. It's a lot of corn dogs. Yeah. Actually, you know what's really funny is I hadn't had them in a really long time. And then a couple days ago, I was at the market and I was like, you know what? Brew always makes fun of me for having corn dogs for lunch. I'm going to get them again. So I had corn dogs <laughs> yesterday. I literally had them yesterday. First time in I'm probably... I'm glad that I'm having that influence on your diet. Yeah. And they were delicious, damn it. I had a cookie afterwards too. Um, so most of the big stories this week are around teams missing half of their players. I don't want to start with those because, frankly, I'm depressed about the whole thing. It feels very much like I am Bill Murray and I'm letting the groundhog drive the car. And I, I know everybody knows the scene I'm talking about where he just yells, hey, don't drive angry. Yeah, 
I got news for you, Dan. Anybody under 35 has no idea what you're talking about. Oh, so you mean if I yelled Ned Ryerson on this show, nobody would know? Nope. That's unfortunate. Um, Not a clue. So tell me about, I'm just going to launch into somebody here. Tell me what's going on. Let's start in your backyard. Sacramento, Darren Fox out, Alex Len out, uh, Alvin Gentry out. And it sounds like more, right, have come already starting. to Terrence Davis, he was the uh, the initial one. Bodies down. What does it mean for the Kings? Is this an opportunity to go with other guys that maybe they wanted to use all along? Could anybody lose a, uh, a starting job in all of this mayhem? Are there is there anything you're doing on the fantasy side, maybe even most importantly, Davion Mitchell at uh, all? Or is this a just let it mellow for a little bit? How do you play this in Sacramento? There's, I mean, there's a lot of probably non-fantasy stuff that's a little more interesting. Well, it's a lot more interesting. And actually, the, uh, the impact of this, though, is if you could see a Doug Christie coached Kings, I think it would unlock De'Aaron Fox when he returns. Um, you know, Gentry does have them running and that's key for De'Aaron Fox to get him some better percentages and just overall better effectiveness. But, um, if Doug coaches, you're going to see that be the rising tide that lifts all boats. And you're going to get guys like Harrison Barnes or Sean Holmes back up to like 35 instead of 75 where they've been at, uh, Tyrese, I think right now this might be, you've got like four hours to get a final buy low offer in, um, however long De'Aaron is out is, is kind of up for grabs. But the team is already kind of quasi Tyrese's. They, the, anytime they need something smart, they go to him. Now, if he's running the team the entire time and they're telling him, hey, we really need you to score, you, you start to see these max lines that we haven't even come close to this year as he's been a top 40 value already. So it's exciting for him. Now you look down roster and, and Davion Mitchell, I would say this. I don't like the stat set. I don't like the overall value proposition here, but I do think if this team does go to Doug Christie at some point in time, which is like the question of the day in Sacramento right now. And, and I will probably won't even get into some of that, but like, Oh, by the way, he, while, while you were talking, Davion Mitchell is now listed as questionable due to protocols. So that's a, is he in them? Apparently we yeah, don't know and, right and, now. And that's, that's been the talk of the town as well as like, they don't know how bad this is. This is, this thing's really just kind of like, <laughs> it could be even more. And so deep sigh, um, if Davion Mitchell was theoretically in, he and if you were thinking like, okay, what about Davion Mitchell? Because, you know, whatever happens this year happens this year. He's going to really struggle in the steals and blocks department. And then his efficiency is going to struggle. Even if he plays well offensively, he just doesn't get enough easy shots. So he'll be a low percentage guy. I think he's a late round guy in a best case scenario. So just keep that in mind as you're looking at your ads. Terrence Davis, same thing. I think um, he's going to have big five game sequences followed by big five game droughts. So kind of plan accordingly because you can catch him on a hot streak as he did a couple weeks back. And that can be extremely valuable for your squad. But Medu is the guy that I keep, you know, I've stashed him everywhere for the last three to four weeks. I think he's a top 100 player in the last third of the season. If the Kings are not in the playoffs, if they are in the playoffs, it's going to be up to him and whatever happens during the trade deadline or leading up to the trade de deadline, that's going to determine if he really gets cut loose. But if he can be a 25-minute-per-game guy, he has a nice stat set, and we haven't even really seen him optimized yet. They keep tossing him the ball at the end of the shot clock. He's probably got at least 20 field goal attempts that he shouldn't have taken this year because everybody's like, hot potato, no, you take it. 
he takes it and then he misses because it's a tough shot. Um, he should be like a 45% player instead of a 41% player. And currently um, is splits at about 165, I want to say, over the last two weeks. So uh, he, he has room to go up, and, and I like him as a top 100 guy if he gets cut loose. And, and I like his fit with the team, too. So he's the one I'm looking at the most. Uh, I was contemplating whether or not we wanted to go the reality route. It sounds like beyond May 2, if I'm reading your response properly, it's basically just look for a, a, a truckload of Halliburton, provided his back can hang in there. Is that the... Like this, this yeah, is the, this is go time. He, he's he's got a thin frame, and that is a little bit of a question mark. Is is how much does he hold up after some of these hard hits? A couple times he's had you know, two hundred and fifty pound players land on top of him, and he's about a buck fifty. So that's uh, what you're seeing there. Uh, the the thing with Doug Christie though is going to be the the bellwether for this team. If, if they go back to Alvin Gentry, there's a very good chance, especially if it happens before the trade deadline, that these guys go back to their kind of pouty, not trying, waiting for the next shoe to drop. Uh, ways when they got Doug coming in, they they feel like they have a shot in the arm. And and then that, again, is the, the rising tide to lift all boats. So that's what I'm keying on in a reality sense, which would then hit the fantasy sense. Uh, I wanted to start with Kings because they are in your backyard. I want to pivot to the guy who was the uh, static image for this show coming in, and that's Isaiah Hartenstein who you've been talking about for a couple of weeks now, and really, you know, he he bust through a couple games back after all of that. The minutes have trended up. I want to sort of flip this question on its head, because I know a lot of folks are like, yes, he's rolling right now. What are the concerns you might have around Hardenstein going forward? PG and Batum are still out. Does their return, does that push Marcus Morris sort of up the board a little bit? Are you concerned about uh, minutes being... I don't know, not as available, or is he now set to overtake Ivica Zubats potentially and then continue on that current path? Where do you, what do you see his sort of, there's almost like a snake-like trajectory here, if I can try to paint a picture a little bit, uh, but I know you've been on him pretty hard, and yeah, it's paying like off all right year. now. He, he's been on my squads like all year long. And I had a big punt center strategy going on in leagues and and basically looking for you know, trolling the bottoms of leagues and these 200 player leagues for actionable center pickups. I kept looking at him, looking at him, looking at him because he was sitting there at about 175 and he crept up to 160. And then, I mean, we, we said in the free agency work that we did over the summer, I had him really high in the big man list and he just got handed to the Clippers. I mean, it was like everybody was falling asleep or whatever. But so we knew he was good. And then watching him play, it was pretty astonishing how much weight he's put on and how he's been able to carry it. He hasn't lost any of the lateral quickness, but he's probably about 20 pounds stronger than he was when he came into the league with Houston. So he has this really, and it's funny, it's kind of like Rashawn, different games, you know, different abilities and on the offensive side, but like pure defense, you know, Rashawn is his ability to be both strong and quick really makes it an easy decision to have him on the court and what he brings offensively just as a, you know, icing on the cake. And that's why he's been so great. Isaiah's a little bit different offensively where he's more of a connector and he has, you know, you notice his assists are, are real nice. I don't think that goes away with him regardless of where he plays or who he plays with. Just a lot of dribble handoff sets, good, strong, sturdy screens can finish around the rim. And, and basically you know, the steals and blocks, they're pretty high right now for this most recent sample, but they're all sustainable. He, he's going to be a guy, if 
he steps into additional minutes. There's not going to be a question of whether he can handle it against top tier competition, um, you know, degradation of production. I'm not worried about any of that stuff other than the normal, you know, guy can't go do his per minute stuff all the way up to 36, of course, but he is better than Ivica Zubac. I'll just say it right now. And, and I like Zubac. I think he's a quality player, does a lot of good things, but he doesn't have the snap at, you know, at the end of the fastball or whatever, you know, he just doesn't have that final kick that Isaiah has. And that's why you're seeing Isaiah get more minutes. And it makes sense. You play him with the second unit because he's comfortable there. That unit could use the help. And it's really just going to be, Isaiah is going to keep climbing into that workload and, and you're going to see it shift. You might see it ultimately go 24 and 24. They'll probably debate this throughout the year. And at some point in time toward the end of the year, you might see that switch where he becomes a starter and Zubac becomes the the backup. And, and at that point, you're looking at extreme upside. That's why I was sent that message in Discord under our premium channel a week ago. And, and again, we've been talking about it for weeks. I just figured out how to use Discord the other day. So, <laughs> yes, welcome. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, I don't know. It's fine. We just made it. We made it's, a Groundhog's Day reference. We're... we're we're aging. We're aged. You know, I'm, I'm, well, I like do programming, you know, in my spare time or whatever. I can't figure out Discord, whatever. You know, you You're do getting... this all the time, Dad. Oh, yeah. You, you'll tell me something's over your head, and I'm like, that's not over your head. No, it but... just feels it. I mean, every year you get a little older, so every year you're like, nah, I don't. Like, there's not enough time Yeah, left. I don't want to do that Discord yeah. thing. What do know? I? But I got into Discord, and I told everybody, I was like, stop, run, don't walk, go get him now. And then he had his big game after that, but it's like, you got to go do this because there's no downside with this. He's not going to be any worse than 150 for the rest of the year on a per game basis. And it's likely that he's not going to be any worse than like 125 here real soon. And then he has the upside to climb up into 75 and even 50. If something happened to Zubac, I, I have no doubt that he could be a top 50 fantasy guy. Of course, that's an if and a but. But it's when you have that nice floor, you got to take it, especially with a talented player. Let's stay west, head to the uh, Pacific Northwest. Portland, injuries, chemistry stuff. We've seen some shifts. We know CJ McCollum is out with pneumothorax, which, by the way, I do want to mention, I uh, immediately threw that into a group chat with my wife and some of her doctor friends, and they assured me that he's probably going to be fine, uh, and also that this could be anywhere from like two weeks to three months. Although the two times that it happened in NBA history, or at least that we have documented before this, uh, players were back in about seven games. So it might not be as extended an absence as folks were planning for. But pushing McCollum aside for a minute, because that's an actual injury, a lot of the other stuff in Portland is either uh, a chronic injury that Dame is dealing with right now, or just like general weirdness that folks aren't getting along and there's effort stuff. Chauncey Billups has called his team out a couple of times already. The latest move was flipping Larry Nance and Rob Covington. And personally, I'm pretty happy about it because in the, in one of our early season lists, the guy I picked was Larry Nance and he looked like he wasn't going to get an opportunity. It just sort of took two months. What do you do with Portland right now? Because you know, I'm excited about Nance. Am I too excited? Am I not excited enough is it going to change again in one week? I, I got Larry Nance everywhere, and it's not happened yet. And I've even seen Larry Nance play pretty poorly for, for Larry Nance standards. But this is, you know, I, especially as a Kings, you know, reporter for so many years, and, and now just I, I'm, you know, there in my backyard. It's easy to see when a box score reflects a sick team. And 
that's basically what you're seeing here. I do think getting uh, Olshi out of the room helped them a lot. I think there's probably some belief in the new guy. Um, there's the coaching issue is funny because like Dame came out and, and Dame's just a real leader. So he's going to say, all right, everybody's talking about the coach. Everybody's talking about how I'm not happy. So I'm just going to come out and squash it. Like, okay, Dame's, is Dame the, Dame's might be the best. Is he Dame the best? Be. It's, it's very close. And, you know, that's shout out Oakland. That's what happens, you know, when you come from a place that's real. Um, but that's really like only taking them so far because I do believe that Chauncey Billups is in over his head right now. Like he didn't take the proper steps to get to the job. He's also, you know, and, and, and again, and I also want to say, you don't have to have coached to jump into a head coaching position, but you have to be extremely dynamic to do it. If you're going to skip all those steps, like Steve Nash, I think Doug Christie could do it. Um, who else did it? Um, Steve Kerr, I believe Kerr, did it. Yeah. Popovich did it. Um, there's probably a couple examples I'm forgetting there, but he's basically trying to establish culture. Those guys don't want to do it his way. And they all kind of read the writing on the wall, you know, and CJ McCollum's injury is extremely interestingly timed. I'm not saying there's anything weird going on there, but this, he's the swing piece that they would really need to, to move. So you're getting a glimpse of what life would be like in a in a future with CJ McCollum gone. Yeah, but not with but even, like if Ben Simmons is there, it'd be a little different. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, oh god. Yeah, I know. I don't get ahead of myself on that guy one. without guy without a home and and gonna probably ruin any team he goes to. Um, the you, you, there's gonna be some piece that comes back, but I don't think teams are lining up to trade for CJ McCollum. So there might not be an overwhelming return that comes back in a CJ McCollum trade, and I think. They're probably in a group of teams, um, you know, that need to make something happen, that need to think outside of the box, that need to maybe mortgage some future assets or blow things up and, and do something r different than like what could CJ McCollum get us on the open market and then just plug that in and OK, we'll be fine. No, you're not going to be fine. You have a problem in that Yusuf Nurkic can't defend the pick and roll. That pretty much eliminates you against any high end playoff team. So there goes your future right there. Nance would be the answer to that if you're going to play him at the five. But I think they look at Nurk and they go, we can't really like Nurk's an emotional guy. Like if you were to bench him outright for Nance, you're going to basically create a monster there. He's not going to recover mentally. It would take his you know trade uh, value and torpedo it. And they're probably looking at how can we move all of these bigger names for something that's going to be you know, transformational, even if it's a step back, even if it's a franchise reset. Um, so fantasy wise, looking ahead at this team, you know, I, I think I got Lillard at probably a projected 25 and eight cat going forward. He's around 35 right now. The abdominal thing's bad because if you go hard, you're just going to make it worse. And so he probably still goes hard, but I have seen him pass up a lot of drives to the lane and teams are now just selling out on the outside shot and daring him to do something, you know, a little bit creative off the dribble and he doesn't really want to do it. So he's probably holding back even subconsciously if it's, if it's not conscious um, and, and it's gumming up the offense because you don't have a dynamic creator there to get these other guys shots that really do need the assistance um, downstream. Anthony Simons, I think he's got a top 100 upside. So that's not a great number for a guy that if he steps into a full-time role, that's what I'm talking full-time role, top 100. 
Uh, Nasir Little is the one that's intriguing to me, but not that intriguing. I think he's probably 125 upside, 100, but can get there a little bit easier than Simons. Nance is the, the huge question mark, though. He needs to get more involved in the offense, and then he needs to be in a better position defensively to get those stats that we all love. He has top 50 upside if everything goes right, but he's been putting up duds in 29, 30 minutes per game. And I just think it's the general malaise that's surrounding this team. They're about a half step slow on everything, just waiting for the shoe to drop. Just wanted to take a minute here in the middle of the show to pause and remind all of you guys once again that these episodes, live or otherwise, are brought to you by our friends over at thrivefantasy.com. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy. Using the Thrive Fantasy app on Apple or Android devices or thrivefantasy.com. Sign up today using promo code ETHOS and get a 100% deposit match bonus on your initial deposit up to $100. The beauty of Thrive Fantasy, of course, is that you don't need to go digging through the dumpster, the scrap heap, for random cheaply priced DFS players. Just make plays on the guys that you know the best, the superstars, over and under, prop bets. And if you cash the most of them on a given night, if you rack up the most points getting your prop bets right, you win money. It's so simple. And it's a great deal. I, like I've said before, I don't understand regular DFS. I can't do it, but I can do Thrive. And I'm hearing from a few of you guys that you can as well. So join me. Have some fun over at thrivefantasy.com. Promo code, once again, is ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. 100% deposit match bonus on your initial deposit up to $100 plus two free $20 contest entry tokens on any deposits over $10 or four $20 entry tokens if you deposit the full $100. Again, thrivefantasy.com. Prop up with our new buddies. Make them happy, make us happy, and then make yourself happy when you take home some coin. This podcast also brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com forward slash hoopball and get 15 months for the price of 12 on your VPN membership. Protect your privacy. Guard your location. Guard your browsing history. And most importantly, watch whatever things you want. Don't be controlled by the absurdity of blackout restrictions. It's so dumb. We're all paying for this stuff. So stupid. Like, I get it. I don't want people stealing things either. I don't do it. But when I'm paying for something, I should get the service I'm paying for. ExpressVPN.com slash HoopBall. Check it out. Oh, by the way, uh, Manscaped did finally offer up a new promo code for us. So HoopBall20 or Ethos20. Those will both work on your order at Manscaped.com. Yeah, it's hard when, you know, his whole existence, Nance I'm talking about now, is built on going so hard all the time, rebounding, uh, passing lanes. I think he led the league in deflections last year. If he didn't lead it, he was top three. Uh, and those things, they'll be there somehow, but it does feel like because of the mismatched pieces, because there is that malaise you're talking about, I think you call them a sick team, which there are a handful of them in the NBA right now. That's the, that's the piece that needs to click. But man, like, you know, like you said, he is top 50 upside and he's getting starters minutes all of a sudden. It's hard not to get pretty excited about that. What are you doing with Rob Covington, if anything? 
you know, I've, I wasn't high on him coming in in the last, say, two to three years. I think he's got a serious knee issue that he's just kind of dodging at this point. He, he looks pretty good right now compared to where I thought he would be. But you're just seeing the degradation of statistics for him play out. Um, offensively, he's just non-existent. And, uh, you know, it's it's really hard to justify playing a guy who's known as a defensive guy when he's not really able to contain anybody off the dribble. You know, he's more he's, he's morphing into P.J., Tucker territory where he's more of a power forward center at this point in his career. And, and it's a great thing to move him into the bench. I think he can actually be better off of the bench and get closer to the hoop, play more backup power forward minutes. They could do some interesting things with him at center in the small lineup against bad teams. And that could resuscitate his value. He's 80 on the year in uh, eight cat. And, and that's a really good number. Um, but I, I just think that's like his peak number and i think the fall off could be significant you know, kind of in the the spirit of matisse Tybel, where you know he's he's giving you top 50 for stretches and then all of a sudden because he didn't get any steals or blocks in a game it's like brutal it's like it's like playing a guy that's not even playing and so i'm not i'm fading covington obviously by those comments and uh i think people would be wise to move him before things get complicated if they take on a trade where they give like more players back rather than less players that are maybe average players, above average players, whatever that looks like, he could get marginalized real quick. What's up with Bradley Beal? I don't have any more. I don't have a deep dive on that one. What the hell's going on with this dude? I, can't I shoot got free to throws? watch him. Um, that'll correct itself. I think, you know, they, they, they started playing really well. And you, you had the guys that they traded for that came out and, and they, they had stuff to prove and, and they went and they did it and, Bill was able to benefit off that in the win-loss column, but really meshing with those guys and figuring out how is he getting his looks and how is that all working? I think that was a, a work in progress for him. Um, the The problem overall compared to last year and the year before is you were getting full usage and there was an expectation that he was going to score over 30 per game because he had to. Now he doesn't have to do that. So really it's just how are we, you know, integrating him into this overall offense. I had a concern with just the overall kind of like, what's he want? What does the team want? You know, I think there might be even some friction from the stuff beginning of the year with the vaccination stuff. I know the team didn't appreciate him becoming the poster child for that, but then that waned with the loot or with the winning streak. And, and I just saw him the other night and I got to say, he was looking really happy. Like, and that's good to see because everybody's wanted him out of Washington forever. That could turn sour. It could be like the exact same thing that's going on with Dame. And he's kind of handling it a little bit like Dame and that he's not giving a bunch of signals that he wants out. So all of that is good. The one thing that strikes me is Spencer Dinwiddie, and he just missed this last game. He's been playing like a guy that needs to take time off. And, and that in, in of itself could also be contributing to the Bradley Beal issues because this is a piece you paid a lot of money for. You want him to be good because you need him to be good. If that's your identity, he's got to be a part of it. And he's out there not able to give you anything. And it wouldn't be surprising if he came back too soon and that they got to pull back on the reins a bit. And then this team sort of yo-yos around. But that could be the thing that also kickstarts Beal. So I'm also not – I kind of got both him and uh, Dame in that same range. 25-30 is my valuation there. And uh, that gives you a little bit of upside if he becomes the man again and, and just starts cranking. Gives you a little downside protection in the event that Washington goes sour 
he decides it's not worth pushing through for this team, you know, whatever ends up happening with him, or even just the fact that they got good players finally makes him more of a top, you know, say 18 guy as, as far as his baseline goes, rather than the top 10, 12 guy that people think he is. I'm going to wipe one thing off our list because I want to go a little farther on Beal. If you've got him near the top 25 right now, I think you could get him based on some of the polls I was running on Twitter for guys in the 40s at this point. So it sounds like you'd be pretty pro making that type of move. Yeah, I had somebody, who did they, I got questions in Discord, which, uh, shameless plug, if you're a premium member, basically you get to ask me questions and I answer them right there on the show. It was like Monzo, Levine, and John Collins were the three that I got posed. And I said, Levine is first, Beal is second, Lonzo is third, and then Collins was was obviously fourth. And reason being with Lonzo, even if everybody went out, you know, all of his teammates went out, he still has the same role, kind of no matter where he plays, no matter what, it just <laughs> yeah. covers it 40, and then he's good like that. Yeah. And so you don't have the upside there, but Levine can crank up to top 15 pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I forget the exact names we threw into some of those polls. I think Levine was was one of the very few that just clobbered Bradley Beal in a head-to-head, who would you rather have right now? But it, among the other names, it was a pretty even split among guys that ranged between Levine, who's 27th in 9-cat right now on a per-game basis, and all the way down to, like, you know, Booker's at 43. I think I went farther than that down the board, and it was it was fairly even. So it sounded like you could you can get Beal right now for guys in that 35 to 45 range without especially a ton in, of negotiating. Cat, yeah, in nine cat, he's getting crushed with the turnover number, and so you can just market his current rank per game right now and say, hey, look, you know, 90 or whatever he's at. You might be able to toss a 50 or a 60. I don't know about 60, but 50 might do the trick with a buzzy name. Mm. You know, you never know. Okay. I'm glad we went. I'm glad we went one step further on that. Um, Devin Vassell, one of the guys I know you like. I thought we could bring him back up. He's finally back from injury, slowly ramping back up again. What's his path look like the rest of the year? I, I, I love it, man. And I. I really wish that I'd gone a little bit more aggressive on, on my ranks with him. Cause I, I just knew. And in fact, I knew because I had him on rosters last year when he wasn't quite getting up over the hump. And you just saw it in him that he's got this versatile game. He's got a toughness about him. He's got uh, scoring ability as well on a team that sort of lacks it. And so he's been doing his thing in low minutes and, you know, t- 24 minutes per game, giving you late round value with that that's your floor. That's, that's what you rely on. If you need to, this is the high low I always talk about, you know, so you get that minimum benefit from him in a worst case scenario. And then the thinking is you've got a couple injury prone players ahead of him. Um, and, and especially with uh, Derek white, if Derek white goes down as he typically does, you're looking at probably tw- top 60 upside with Vassell, if he ever gets cut loose, and this is also a team that really doesn't have any postseason aspirations. So that last third of the season could have his name written all over it. So I, I was, it's a must roster player if I've ever seen one. And I kind of think he'll finish in like the top 75 on a cumulative basis at the end of the year, eight and nine cut. Don't you put that evil on my sweet Derek White. 
by the way. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I, hey, you know, I love, me, I love the Spurs. Love me some Derek White. What an incredible buy low opportunity that was when he was shooting 37% and was ranked like 130. That was, That's that was my favorite. Team once they, and, and shouts to DeJounte Murray, man. Like talk about taking on a workload and just not even blinking. He's just having a great season, and yeah. that's that's good stuff in Spurs land. That is good stuff. Good stuff out in Spurs Except land. Except for Jakob Pertl's thirty. I, I, oh my god! Out that, yeah, that, that free throw <laughs> percentage is, is shacked. It's it's like shackish. Oh, and I don't know if we've seen one like that in a while. It's been a minute. Um, somehow, by the way, I, I know the answer to somehow. It's called weighted averages. Somehow, Giannis actually is still a bigger drain. Still crushing, yeah. Yeah. Huh. B- by a little. Only by the tiniest bit. They're very close. The fact that anyone is even remotely close to Giannis is actually kind of incredible. Well, and what's, uh, you're, yeah, I know you've been doing these engage. I'm glad we had the engagement seminar. Hashtag at, engagement. At those here. <laughs> yeah. We got to have engagement. I'm appreciative of your polls. And then... Uh, what was I gonna say? I'm like, oh, was it the weighted um, field goal average one? Yeah, the weighted field goal. What's uh, what's Christian Wood? <laughs> oh, sheesh, I don't know actually. Um, it's hard for centers to be uh bottom of the barrel there in free throw. He's, I think he's in like the bottom six or seven. Okay, he's not the uh, worst of all time. That's good. Christian Wood is not. Giannis is the worst free throw impact guy right now. Then it's Jakob Pertl. Uh. And then Wood is in that next group. There's a little bit of a of a jump there to sort of like the Christian Wood, Rudy Gobert. Uh, who else am I forgetting in that same bucket? I guess Clint Capella hasn't been very good. He's not taking as many. Uh, but yeah, I get okay. You know what? Christian Wood, I think, is third from the bottom. It's also possible there are other players that my list only goes through the top 200. So there might be someone who's been so terrible that they're off the board. But at least among players ranked inside the top 200, Christian Wood is the third worst free throw shooter uh by weighted averages uh, in fantasy right Whoa. now that's that's tough to to stomach i'm glad we figured that out <laughs> yeah these are fun well you, i can't use that trivia question anymore people are gonna have a a running start on it now uh i want to do one more uh, sort of bigger picture question for you and then we're gonna lightning round a few from the chat room probably not as many as usual today as uh as we'll typically do on this show i have to go in about 15 minutes here 14 now so i better stop talking uh, I'm debating brew between two things and I ended up falling on the New York Knicks. Now I know they're dealing with a ton of COVID stuff. I don't want to talk about that because that stuff is all very illness dependent and temporary. What I do want to talk about is the centers in New York because they've been completely eliminated from uh, existence. They're like on a different plane with the way the Knicks run their offense right now. It doesn't matter who's playing center, who's starting, who's getting minutes. They're not doing anything. Is this something that gets fixed this year? It feels like it's kind of Julius Randle related. I don't want to put blame anywhere, but just the way that everyone kind of has to clear out, that means Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel, they're not in the spots they want to be. Minutes keep bouncing back and forth. Mitch Rob had a really good game Thursday, yesterday. Uh, Noel had a couple of serviceable games when he jumped into the starting lineup. I'm holding on to both to see how this thing plays out, but I know a lot of folks probably can't have that or don't have that luxury. So what would you do if you had limited roster space on your fantasy team? I will be way less diplomatic than you, and I will blame it on Julius Randle. That's fine. I, mean, I can't. I can, you can get away with that stuff. I can't get away with that stuff. I got to be, I got to toe the midline, but that's why I ask you the questions. Oh, 
well, let me let me free you. Let yeah, me, it's so free. great to be able to just blame it on Julius Randle. No, take the, it's, take it's the because, chains off, man. Like, What's look, going on out there? You know, if if you just keep doing the same thing over and again, over and over and over again, and you're not getting results, I'm sure there's a famous quote about that. Yeah, something. It's, can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I was like Winston Churchill or Einstein or something. I don't know. The definition like, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And yet he he did it for however many games they played against the Hawks. It was it was crazy watching nobody in his circle and nobody within the Knicks could get to him and say, hey, let's watch some film of you just doing the same thing over and over again and getting no results. We'll call it the definition of insanity and we'll put some music on top of it. It'll be great fun. Yakety sax. You know, please that, let the music be yakety sax. Sorry, please continue. Honestly, I don't know if the guy drinks or not, but like, Hey, let's go have a couple beers and like, let's, you know, let's watch how bad you played. And, but I'm, I, you know, I'm obviously facetious right now, but like, this is, this happens so often in the league. And I just, it's wild to me. I think in other sports, like these guys wouldn't ever have this happen because it would be, impossible to just completely repeat yourself over and over and over again doing the same thing and getting no results they'd just change you know like football like if you can't run the ball eventually you stop running the ball and and you start throwing or you do something else but or i don't know i'm sure some football fans are like haha my team have you seen my team so yeah this gunks up the entire offense and you you stop getting things like okay you're talking centers like offensively they feast off rolls. They feast off of good penetration where help defense slides over and they are there for the offensive board. Um, when guys aren't scoring, you'll notice that they start to rebound more often, that they drift to the paint because they, they figure they're not going to get the ball. You know, it's, it's, it's really it, these things that are systemic tempo-based things that they eat at a team. God, I've watched 10 years of it in Sacramento. It happens every freaking year. So offensively, they're not involved. Their rebound numbers can get hit. And then defensively, if guys are not playing defense because they're not playing well offensively, then you lose that overall integrity, which is when you look at steals and blocks, that's defense, you know, that's defense is, is cyclical. It's circular. It's five players on a team on a string. So if, if that's doing well, there are more steals and blocks. So Robinson has been up lately. Um, you know, it was Noel a little bit ago. I think these guys deserve spots on rosters. I think you just got to kind of plug your nose and try to use them when it's appropriate. Find other options, move them after big games. I mean, it's kind of a catch all kitchen sink approach. You got to take with bad assets because they're not going to get better. And as far as Robinson goes, he shouldn't have put on all that weight over the summer. It was a bad move to do so. Um, and then Noel is just, unfortunately, he's got a lot of mileage and he's an injury-prone guy. And if things aren't perfect, he can fall, you know, real quick. So I don't like either of those assets. And it's going to take some sort of, you know, come to Jesus that I don't think is coming. Like, how, how many times have we lauded Tim, um, Tom Thibodeau for his offensive genius and yeah making changes it's never happened i watched him run the same Derek boozer Derek boozer uh, carlos boozer Derek rose pick and roll action when they were actually in a position to do something in the playoffs and he ran it into the ground and everybody and their mother knew it didn't work and no adjustment so sorry knicks fans crap well 
Uh, while we were talking, Russell Westbrook was actually just cleared from protocols, so apparently false oh, negative. Oh, hey. Yeah. Um, Lakers got to get better. Ross. Lakers got to get better. Test kits, man. That's LeBron, false negative. Uh, Monk, false negative. And Russ, false negative. What's going on, man? Who's their tester? Who's doing this? Or maybe they caught these things at the tail end of an asymptomatic positive. Also... That could uh, be it, yeah. Also a possibility because they weren't testing asymptomatic players up until about two weeks ago. So who knows what's going on out there. But Russ is back. Lakers are in a slightly less uh, shorthanded position as they take on Minnesota. We will file the rest of the big stories for another day. I have exactly six minutes before the sitter has to go. So I'm going to start at the top, which, by the way, this is a good lesson to all of our delightful live viewers by the way hello everyone this is a pretty good showing here for first show back after a long while uh get here early ask your questions early because we're not going to get to the ones at the end of the board we are going to go super fast again six minutes of lightning five round. seconds per is response. dan's bed made that is a no. That is a great reference to back when only I ten percent of people in the in the United States make their bed. <laughs> Brew's got wise guy money on the no. Brew is right. I haven't made this bed in how long have I had this bed? People who make their bed after they wake up are weird. <laughs> I completely agree with you. You're just getting back into it, and nobody's coming in this room. This is the. This is the dumpster except for room. All of the internet, Dan. yeah, except for the there's, entire there's, universe. There's fantasy teams named after your bed. Okay, so that's thirty seconds. That we was just blew thirty seconds on your bed. But that was great though, because the day we found out that you had a team in one of your high stakes leagues named named Dan Vespers's unmade bed, that's when I knew this was the career for me. Um, let's see. Uh, are you taking strategy questions? Games played. This one probably a little too long for lightning round, Chris. That's a fantastic question. I promise I will take this one over to Twitter later on today. I'm not going to close this window, and I will get back to that. What's Andre saying to you right here? Is that a name, or who is that? That's Nemius. <laughs> he's making things up. Andre, you're making things I, up. I don't I, – I, I can't – if he's been confirmed that he's with the team, I haven't seen the reports from today. Um, like Dan, I'm, I'm basically full-time dadding. And uh, – but, hmm uh, – you're gambling big time. He can't, he's not able to stay on the floor. He might not make it into the game. So uh, I'm going to go with no, just. I thought Andre might've just been speaking Portuguese to us there for a minute. What's up, Andre? We love you, buddy. Uh, I have stashed Kelly Olenek, but it also means I won't be able to stream. What do you do when you no longer have a streaming spot? Make the best of the remaining spots. like a medical question. Yeah. (laughs) Make the best of the remaining spots. That's the best advice I can give you there. Uh, And if you're losing, Turn your stash spot back into a streaming spot. Is it time to trade Mo Bamba and Derek White? Have they peaked? That's a pretty good question. Uh, the answer is no. The it's they have not peaked. This is their baseline. Both of them. Yeah, I love Derek White. That was he's the yeah. There are injury risks though. And, yeah, and it, I will say this about Bamba: at some point in time, we will get a report that Jonathan Isaac is still on the planet <laughs> we might at some point in time might be 2024 oh my god i squatted on that dude in a keeper league thinking he was going to play this year <laughs> should i drop chris duarte for isaiah hartenstein i'm going to add the rest of the letters into that last name yes ah interesting it's going to look it's going to look poppy for duarte so you might like have some buyer's remorse at some point because like you'll see like 
Duarte will have like 21 and nine or something. But overall, it's taking him 30 minutes per game to get to 150. And and who knows what happens in India? And yeah, they want him to look good. And maybe he goes top 100, but Hartenstein's better. This is a callback to our old man movie jokes at the beginning of the show. I just wanted to give it some airtime there. Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. Um, the NFBK. Oh, this is an interesting one. Can we save this for next week, Brew? Sure. Yeah. This is that's not one for a lightning round, but I like that question. That's cool. Brew's big money leagues. When he talks to me about them, I get scared and I'm not even in them. That's that's how that works. Uh, very strong. Ooh. What do you do if you if your team is basically too damn good? Andre, I have to assume that you're clobbering people, but this is an interesting spot that sometimes we find ourselves in where our team is kind of like stacked and luck is on our side for a little bit and like people are healthy. Is there anything you can do there, Brew, if you can't really make a two-for-one trade or you just ride it out and then when one of those guys tapers off, that's when you start to get more active again? Two-for-one? I don't know. You got to just, like, make it happen. If you have that much margin to play with, if you're if you're sitting on that much value, you might take a loss in a trade just to consolidate some of that value knowing that you're going to end up picking up more off the waiver wire. One and a half minutes remaining. Miles McBride, anything to do there? Nope. <laughs> the answer or the question is correct. The value will evaporate. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt or Chris Boucher or Larry Nance? Uh, Vanderbilt over Boucher because Boucher is basically out here pretty soon. And then Nance is, to me, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Vanderbilt over Nance just because he's at 80 right now and has a pretty strong role. They're rolling pretty well. He could continue at 80 for the rest of the year. There, I've got some reservations about him, and this might end up biting me, but I'll go with uh, – Nance underneath Vanderbilt. Any concern about Daniel Gafford? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there is an injury issue to worry about. I think that he's going to be on route to a top 80 season. I like the way that Jamal Mosley was talking about how much he likes Daniel Gafford, and I'm not that worried about Thomas Bryant, though that is another hurdle to clear upcoming. Um, he's just going to me, I think you rate him as a 23 minute per game injury risk that's got a pretty consistent role and output and he's going to give you top 100 numbers and then he has the chance to improve which was what Mosley was talking about the other day and the last lightning round question we talked about both of these guys Rocco versus Hartenstein or Hartenstein Ooh, you're, I'm getting asked do you drop a top 80 player for Isaiah Hartenstein and I'm going to say the answer is yes Ooh, and that is the one we will end on Take it to social if you've got any follow-up here. Uh, next one will be a little bit longer. This one was 45 minutes. We'll probably go an hour on most of these going forward. Uh, Brew, mwah, hugs and kisses to you, my man. It's good to be back. Toodles. Remember to check your mail, dog. Check your mail. Now I'm concerned. <laughs> check my mail. <laughs> Brew's outside, apparently. Uh, this is Fantasy NBA Today Live Edition. Thanks so much, everybody, in the chat room. Again, next time we'll, we'll do a little bit more of the lightning round. It's good to be back. We'll talk to you guys in a week. For Brew, I'm Dan. Uh, I probably should have taken those questions off the board so you guys can see our Twitter handles on the screen, at Dan Bespris, at Aaron Bruski. I'll get the direction I'm pointing right. Follow us on the Twitters, and we'll talk to you over there. So long, everybody. Au revoir.